Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Hugo Chay. And this is the first episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast, where each week I bring you an interview with a photographer or a roundtable discussion about all aspects of travel photography. My guest today is Brent Mayo, whom I have known for a long time online and whom I finally had the pleasure to meet in person during his recent journey to Europe. In only about two months, Brent managed to visit five European countries and to do a road trip to Fiji at the end of it all. Brent will talk with us about his impressions of Europe and Fiji, and then give us some insights about the east coast of Australia where he lives. So be prepared to listen to an interview that is packed with useful information about those places. Let's jump right into my interview with Brent Mail now. So welcome, Brent. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you, Uga. You're doing great. And you are uh, now in, uh, in Australia, back at home? Yeah, back home. So... We spent uh, six weeks uh, traveling uh, around Europe with the family, and then I got home for a few days, and then I went to Fiji for two weeks. Yeah, just we, we will talk about your, your trips, but first I would like uh, you to, to introduce yourself. Uh, who is Brent Mail, and uh, what, what do you do, photographically speaking? Ah, oh, who am I? Man, this is a difficult one because I'm normally interviewing other people, so I'm asking these questions. I haven't <laughs> been asked this in a while, so who am I? Um, all right. I, uh, I'm a photographer. I'm kind of a generalist. I've done every type of photography and made money out of every type of photography. I had a studio, a, a business, which I sold a few months ago. Um, it was a portrait and uh, I used to do weddings and um, I, I've done, you know, I've model photography, all sorts of uh, people photography, but I've also done a lot of landscape photography and I produced a book, which is sold out now a little A5 uh, book on my area, which I, so, I sold to tourists, um, printed five and a half thousand copies. That sold, um, yeah, I've won a couple of awards for my landscape and portrait uh, images. And now I teach photography. I give, I give back. I've got a community called the Share Inspire Create Lounge, where we have some awesome photographers in there, and we, we help them uh, become better at what they're doing. And uh, right now, I'm actually working on a new eight-week course on how to start making money out of photography, how to make your first $5,000 um, out of photography. So that's my, my next thing, is to try and teach people how to actually monetize their photography. And I know you recently started a podcast about monetizing photography, specifically. Yeah, to, yep. to, to mention it's called, that. It's called Photo Profit. And it's all to do with the, the business of photography. So I interview uh, photographers who are making good money out of photography. And I, I, I dig deep to find out how they're doing it or, or one part of their business that's really making, making, making it. So it's really uh, where they're really rocking. And um, I find out uh, how they're doing it so that we can all, you know, apply those things to our businesses and actually make more profit. Because in the end, you know, photography is a great hobby to have but it's even better when you can actually make money and do what you love and you know it's, it just gives you that lifestyle that you that you really enjoy like if it, if i hadn't 
I've made money out of photography, I would never have gone traveling for six weeks with my family through Europe. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, I'm, <coughs> the, yours is a, is a little great podcast. I'm a, I'm a fan, I'm a subscriber, and I can absolutely recommend it for the, the depth of insight that the, your, your guests provide usually uh, on cool. the show about, about how to make money with photography. That is uh, something that more and more people struggle with nowadays, I guess. But a- anyway, yeah, d- yeah, go ahead. No, no, it, it, it is difficult to when you first start to, to figure out how to make photography. And also you've got you to also, I guess, decide what area of photography you really enjoy and, and what will be more sustainable. So if you're doing an area of photography that you don't necessarily enjoy, so let's just say weddings, because you know there's money in weddings and you do it just to make money, eventually you're going to hate it. It's going to become a job for you. So I would recommend anyone who's thinking about starting to make money out of photography, figure out what area of photography they really enjoy and then figure out how to make money out of that area. So maybe it's landscapes, maybe it's portraits, you know, uh, maybe it's travel yeah. photography. So uh, Anyway, we'll uh, leave, uh, if people want to know more about this, this topic, then I should definitely subscribe to your podcast. But we are here to, to talk about uh, a topic about which people actually spend money more than <laughs> than making money, and that is traveling, uh, which is uh, yeah. can be an expensive proposition traveling uh, around the world. It can. But anyway, yes. you said you, you you made a profit with your your business, then you sold your studio, and I guess that was somehow the, uh, gave you the chance to to, to take uh, maybe what was a, a long awaited for trip. Yeah, definitely, and uh, and that's kind of why we did it. You know, I thought. He has a chance for me to take the whole family, so my wife and two uh, kids, which are aged 11 and 13, to somewhere far away, Europe, which is um, it's pretty far from Australia. <laughs> it's almost on the other side of the world, actually. It's about, a, well, t- it's about 48 hours of traveling by the time we got to Paris, so from, from when we left our house. So it's, it's quite a long way, two, two big flights, and, um, and yes, it does cost quite a bit. Yeah. And what what countries did you visit? Uh, so we we visited France, and then we uh, then we visited uh, Greece, and we spent quite a lot of time in Greece, and then Scotland, and then Italy. That's where I met you in Italy, and then back to France, and then on our way back, we we stopped in uh, in Dubai on the way back. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, quite a few countries. I think it was seven or eight countries. Oh, yes, we also had one day in the Czech Republic, Mm -hmm. which I really enjoyed too. Yeah, we didn't mention the fact that we actually uh, had a chance to to meet in person in Italy uh, on a couple of awesome days in the Tuscany, in the countryside and in Siena. Yeah, that that was beautiful. And thanks for showing me around, Uga. That was was awesome. It's always good to have someone local who can speak the language and knows the customs and everything to show you around. It's, it's definitely a, a treat. If you can do that, and that's probably my big tip when you're traveling, is if you can make friends with someone local who can give you kind of the non-touristy back, back street um, great image shots, then, then go for it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. that that's always what I, what I always try to do myself if I travel to some place. I... Nowadays, with, with the internet, we have the luck to be able to to know a lot of people online that live in different countries. And uh, if we can uh, 
organize a meetup and go shooting together that that's always the best yeah totally so what, what did you like most about europe and maybe what did you like a little bit less any particular places or things that really yeah. <coughs> you would really love to go back to or something that you would say no better <laughs> avoid it <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's a, a personal preference for, for anyone traveling. Like it, it depends on what you like at home. I mean, are you a city type person or are you a country uh, national park type person? And for me, it's um, I, I'm not a city person. I live uh, away from the city. I live in a rural area with a lot of uh, national park and forest and, and bush and ocean around me. So I'm kind of attracted to that in a way. So... Paris was great for me, uh, the, the the city, you know, for the kids and everything. But for me, it's not uh, it's not what turns me on. I like uh, I like nature, and um, even though I, I did enjoy photographing the the Eiffel Tower and um, different things around Paris, I I really enjoyed getting out to Greece. So I guess for us, the highlights of our trip were the um, were getting away from people, trying to trying to minimize the crowds and uh, and Greece and the Greek islands was definitely the the highlight for us and especially one island in particular Paros Island um, which is uh, not far from Mykonos and for us it was great because we could get away from the crowds and I could uh, I could immerse myself in the in the culture and and not feel like a tourist so much so I try and get away from the the big touristy areas there was one island in in greece um uh which was well actually quite a few of the other ones were really uh touristy a lot of people around a lot of cruise ships in the in the docks you know it was uh, it was crazy yeah uh, uh, you you might think enough santorini which is santorini that's it yeah definitely because it's the one place that i've actually had to uh, push myself through the crowd just to get a sunset shot it felt like a little bit of a, a feeding frenzy, like a bunch of sharks trying to eat, you know, eat the sunset. It was crazy. <laughs> um, so that that kind of put me off a little bit, you know. Everyone trying to get that uh, iconic shot, which they've they've sold really well on all the brochures and online and everything. You you know, everyone needs to get to Santorini to uh, the town and the, right at the top there. I forget what the town's name is, and you probably know it, uh, Ugo. To, to get that sunset shot. But there's, there were three cruise ships in the harbor at the time. So I can imagine there was probably an extra 3,000 people in those little streets trying to get that sunset too. Um, so, yeah, back to the highlight was, was Paros Island for us. And we stayed – I'm just uh, on Google Maps right now. I'm just trying to see uh, where we actually stayed. Oh, yes, Piso Levadi. Mm-hmm. was the the little town uh where we stayed or near to that so on the on the east side of Paris Island so it's probably a half an hour taxi ride from the the dock where you get off the ferry um and then uh there's all sorts of little accommodations there but it's not it's not super touristy even though there's a lot of accommodation and and great beaches and everything there weren't that many people around so we could get little scooters and we could cruise around and uh, and photograph things with um without having crowds around us and you know i love the water and those um the the churches or the temples the the greek um churches with the with the round 
tops, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the round roofs and the nice blue color and, the, and then the, the white, the, kind of the whitewashed walls, those were really beautiful for me. The kind of the uh, very iconic um, Greek island type shots. Absolutely. I I love the the small Greek islands where, uh, especially if it's off season, you can, they can be really quiet. You can really uh, savor the the real nature of the place instead of being overrun by hordes of tourists coming off uh, cruise ships and ferry boats. Yeah, definitely. And then I'll tell you a little story, Ugo, when we were were there, we, we got on these scooters and we were cruising around. And uh, and here's a little tip, guys. If you're going to get some uh, rental cars or rental scooters, motorbikes, get them through the person at your accommodation. So we got a guy that was uh, the, the the place that we're staying at. I forget what his name is. Uh, I'll probably remember it in a minute. <laughs> um, we try to get things on our own first. We went to the rental comp- company and then they firstly they wouldn't rent us uh, um, scooters because my wife didn't have a a motorbike license, I did. And then secondly, they wanted to charge us way more than when we went through him. So we got him to call. We went went back to the accommodation and we told him that we couldn't get a scooter. He said, oh, don't worry. let's. Uh, I'll make a call. And he makes his calls and he organized all the, the scooters to be brought right to our accommodation at a cheaper price <laughs> with no background checks and all that good stuff so it's really good to have an inside inside a local person to actually help you when you're doing things don't go the normal tourist way and go straight to the uh, car rental company because you pay tourist rates and you maybe don't get the best deal so what we did was we got these little scooters we threw the um, my wife drove one and put one of the our children on the back and I had the other one on my back and we went to this little town we're cruising around we first went up to uh, St. Antonius Monastery to check that out, um, right on top of a hill. Like the scooters almost didn't make it up there. And, uh, and then we went down into this, uh, this little town called, I think I'll probably pr- not pronounce it right, but it's Mar- Marpisa mm-hmm. is, uh, I think it's how you pronounce it. And it's got these little windy streets and everything. So you, you get up there, you, you park your scooter, you walk around and it just, it felt like I was in a movie. It, it didn't feel real because it was, iconic uh greek little alleyways with you know every now and again you see a cat scuttling away it's all whitewashed every now and again there's a a blue door or a red door uh blue shutters over the windows and then we get right into the middle and we basically lost we we didn't know where we were because you know nothing's um you know straight like north to south or east to west roads they all kind of run in circles and we get right to the middle to the uh to like the a little restaurant outdoors right in the middle of this city I suppose and we had lunch there and it was so cool for me because it was so different to what I'm normally used to you know everything in Australia is uh, I guess it's it's kind of in English in, mm-hmm. in a way, you know, it's not, uh, not very European. I mean, other cities you go to in Australia are very European, like Melbourne. But where I live, it's, you know, it's classical Australian, uh, like a, a beer garden or a, a pub or a restaurant. But it's, this was so different to me that I, I just loved it. And I was walking around as, the, as we ordered some lunch. And um, because it was produced really close by by a local older lady it 
took a little while to get our lunch. <laughs> so you've got to have patience when you're traveling Europe because sometimes things take a little longer than you expect. And while we ordered lunch, I walked around probably for 45 minutes before the lunch actually arrived. And I just photographed little things around this uh, town, you know, doorways, macro, close-up uh, things, cats, you know, lots of uh, feline cats walking around. I've I got a cat in front of a doorway. And I just loved it because it was so different to what I'm normally used to. And someone who probably lives there probably looks at me and thinks, you know, what the hell is he photographing? It's like... Really? He's photographing a door <laughs> or, a, uh, or a, a, a vine and some grapes, you know, hanging off the, the front of someone's house. Um, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But you start noticing things or you, that you probably wouldn't notice if you were local. And that's what I love about traveling is um, things that you, you don't really see online that you notice. You just have to stop, actually slow down maybe have a beer or a glass of wine, sit down and just start noticing things around you and there'll be so much to photograph. Like you can, I could have spent all day just sitting at the restaurant and walking around probably within one block of that restaurant and just photographing many, many things. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of images. Okay, just remind me at the end of this interview, I'll give you a couple from, from this town that I photographed. And did you get the typical Greek experience in a restaurant or a taverna, as they call it, where <clears throat> sometimes there is no menu and the menu is in the kitchen? I mean, they bring you to the kitchen to, and they show you the, the plates they have there or the various pots with uh, traditional dishes that are cooking there. And I say, okay, well, what do you want? You want a bit of this and a bit of that. <laughs> so <laughs> there is no menu. They bring you to the kitchen. Maybe there is the some uh, elderly woman uh, cooking there for you and they will, uh, you can choose from uh, from the pot directly. That's uh, that uh, hap happens quite a lot in Greece. Oh, I'd love to have that experience. No, we didn't. They had a little, uh, a little menu that came out, uh, you know, but... I did go into the kitchen and there was an old lady and an old man cooking in the kitchen with, uh, with a few other kids helping out. I think the family, it was a family run restaurant, which yeah. was, which was really awesome for me. It wasn't, you know, like a, uh, a franchise type restaurant, which you see everywhere else in the world. It wasn't a McDonald's or something. It's, it was an authentic family run restaurant. And that, that, that made it for me, that whole experience of just having uh, lunch at this one town It's something I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really great. <clears throat> so and you, yeah, yeah. Go, ahead, go ahead. No, so, so, uh, so that was one of the, the highlights. Also, definitely going to Scotland was another one. I went to see a friend who I've been working with for a while. He, he, he edits all my YouTube videos, uh, Russell Boyd. And I went to visit him in Scotland. Uh, we took the family because we wanted a different experience. So we've been to the Greek islands. We'd uh, been to Athens. We've been to Paris. And it was pretty warm at the time. So we wanted to have something different, like a cold, wet experience. So we went up to Scotland. And we actually got it like two days of sun out of five, which is very unusual for Scotland. But it was a totally different experience because they spoke English, firstly. <laughs> and we weren't battling. Well, they kind of speak English. It's with a very strong accent. I mean, you have to really f concentrate to understand what they're saying. Um, but at least you can read things, uh, you know, read the signs and everything. And, um, and that was, that was a, a highlight for us too. And we kind of, uh, you know, walked around, did some hiking, got, out, got away from the cities, 
uh, we went to one uh, Loch Lomond, one of the uh, the lakes. Uh, you know, we didn't do too much traveling because at that stage we were a little bit tired of constantly being on a train or a bus or a car or an airplane. So we kind of just hung around the the local towns, and uh, and that was that was really good. And then obviously Italy was uh, was a highlight too. When I met you in in the Tuscany region, went went into uh, Siena, the 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 town over there, just the historic town. Went to the main. Uh, you know where they run the horses around mm. uh, Siena. I forget what it's called. Uh, you probably know Ugo. Yeah, and, Piazza um, del Campo uh, is called. Yeah, yeah, that's that was great. And just the history of of Europe was really interesting. Oh yeah, another one, Athens, Athens, and going to the Acropolis and 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 the ancient ruins was was really interesting for me too. And and something I did there, which um, probably not a lot of people would do, was I photographed all those ruins. With um, with my ten stop neutral density filter, so that I could get long exposure images, and I could get cloud movement, and I could uh, also not get tourists in front. So tourists could actually walk in front of my camera because I had a thirty second exposure, and you wouldn't actually see them. So that was something I did. I I carried all this extra gear just to get some unusual images that ninety nine percent of people wouldn't think about sure. getting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of gear, what? What kind of equipment did you bring? You bring a lot of cameras, lenses, or did you try to to stay light? I should have stayed light. <laughs> I uh, I brought my uh, my Canon Canon gear. I'm still shooting digital SLRs um, from my previous business of, of photographing kids and that stuff. You need you need something that can focus really quickly. So I've still got a, a Canon 5D Mark III. I also brought my 60D. So I had two uh, bodies, and I think I brought four lenses so I had my um, if I remember right I had my 24 to 105 f4 lens my wide angle my 17 to 40 f4 lens I think I had my 85 millimeter uh, f1.8 lenses for um, yes I did have that because one day that's all I took with me to mm. challenge myself uh, just my 85 millimeter lens to, to when I was out out and about just to shoot things and it's uh, that's something i would advise people listening to this too if you ever get a little bit bored with what you're doing just put on a fixed focal length lens and then go out and shoot and see how fun it can actually be to shoot with just one focal length lens not a zoom lens and i do believe i took my did i take my 70 to 200 uh no i Don't think I did. No, you didn't, because I remember we were in Tuscany, and I suggested that you bring the the longest lens you could you could use that day, and you didn't have anything longer than the ah, yes, 105, yeah. 105. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I think I took my 50 mil little uh, light mm. lens with me too, just in case. So I took all that. I took my audio equipment so that I could interview you in Tuscany, and uh, and Russell in Scotland, and uh, my laptop. So my backpack or the, 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 the gear that I took onto the airplane uh, on my back is pretty heavy. I'm glad no one waited because I th I'm sure it was probably double what you're allowed to take mm -hmm. on airplanes. But you know what? There's, a, um, there's a, a good case here for carrying lighter equipment. If I had to do it all over again, I'd definitely get uh, mirrorless cameras and lighter lenses. So I'd probably go either Sony or, or Fujifilm or, uh, you know, one of the great mirrorless cameras and maybe just take one body 
and maybe two lenses. Mm -hmm. And that would drastically reduce the weight on my back carrying around. And I, you know, also I'd probably get something that's um, that's very small and compact, the compact type camera that I can just put in my pocket for when you're at a restaurant or kind of walking around, something that's easy to pull out because often you find yourself taking pictures with your phone. Just because your big camera is too it's too much of a mission to get it out, put a lens on, take the lens uh, lens cap off, you know, and then take the photo. By then, you've probably lost the 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 scene that you were seeing. So, I would suggest if or if I was going to do it over again, I'd get a a nice mirrorless camera with maybe two really good lenses, a wide angle, and a zoom, um, you know, s- some kind of telephoto type zoom. And then I would also probably just have a um, like a consumer grade kind of a point and shoot small camera that I could put in my pocket mm-hmm. uh, just to get those extra extra scenes so that you don't miss them so you've got something that's really easy to um, use when you're shooting and then obviously a laptop to edit your images post process them and so you can post them online or uh, do work or whatever it is because I was actually traveling Europe while I was setting up my new business I was working um, every day also and speaking to my team and creating um, blogs and putting them out there. So you, you keep, I was keep, I was keeping working and keeping everything going while I was traveling. So you were, uh, for your family, you were on vacation. You were yes. working for you and photographing at the same time. Did, did you manage to make it all work well together without too much stress? Um, there's always a little bit of stress when you're traveling with your family. <laughs> it just happens. And I was, I was telling someone recently that, uh, you know, especially when in Europe where the countries are so close to, together. So you'll, you know, you can be, uh, one day in one country and another day in a totally separate country. And each country has its own rules and each public transport system has its own rules. And I think of them as games. So you, you're playing someone else's game and, most of the time, you actually don't know what the rules are. So, for instance, in um, in Athens, you get onto a uh, you get onto a bus, at least on the island we were, and then you got to buy the ticket on the bus mm-hmm. from the guy walking up and down the the aisles on the bus, right? Then you go to another Greek island, and like um, we went to. Uh, I went to, uh, let me see, I'm just moving down over here. Well, there's another island where you, where you go to and it's, um, you actually got to buy the ticket at the ticket stand. So Crete, uh, right. for instance, when you get to uh, jump on a bus, you don't buy it on the bus. You've got to buy it off the bus before they allow you on the bus. So each country you go to, each public transport system is a game that you're playing that you actually don't know what the rules are. So that adds a little bit of stress because, yes, you get fined <laughs> in Italy when you haven't validated your train ticket outside yeah. the train. You bought the ticket, you jump on the train, and then some guy comes down and says, oh, you haven't validated this. Now you've got to pay an on-the-spot fine. So that adds a little bit of stress. And then there's flights that you may not uh, know the rules. So, for instance, Ryanair from um, Scotland back to uh, Italy, we couldn't, we didn't print out our boarding passes before mm-hmm. we got to the airport, and then they basically find us like uh, a lot of money. Yeah, it's horrible <laughs> because <laughs> because we didn't have our boarding passes. And I'm like, 
this is the first airline, and I've traveled a lot of airlines, that has ever needed a printed border pa- boarding pass before you actually get before they allow you to board the plane. So you get you get all these rules, all these games that you actually don't know what the rules are. So quite often you 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 lose the game and you've got to pay the fine, which adds a little bit of stress. And then also kids, you know, I've got teenagers, or well, ones close to teenage, and often they want to do different things to what you want to do, and <laughs> and that adds a little stress. But overall, it's it's a great experience. I mean, for me, life isn't all about good experiences. It's about experiences, good and bad. And that's kind of what makes up life and also traveling. So you have all these experiences, quite intense experiences. And that's, that's what makes up your whole holiday. It's basically an adventure. I look at it at traveling as an adventure. You, you never know. You can't plan everything that's going to happen. And stuff's going to go wrong. There's always things that are going to go wrong. And you've got to expect that. Kind of like running a photography business. There's stuff that's going to go wrong. Expect it. And... Uh, and just and just you know roll with it, just go with it, and there's always another way out of things. And you don't have to have a bad experience totally ruin your holiday. You can have all these experiences, and that can be uh, summed up as one massive adventure. And, and and that's kind of what our whole European holiday was. It was a massive adventure, and it's a time that I'll never forget. It, you know all the experiences we had, little things that we saw. Uh, you know, that all comes back together and it's, it makes it an amazing adventure for me. Great. I would like now to turn the tables around a bit and uh, ask yeah. you about your place because uh, I know you live in the on the eastern coast of Australia. Maybe mm-hmm. if you want to, to tell us a bit more about where you live. And from what I, from what little I know about Australia, it's pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so I would um, like to, to ask you uh, if you have any recommendations for, for people wanting to, to come and visit your, your area, where they should get, where they should they go, where should they go, what, what's the best season to get there, or any okay. tips? Yeah, totally. Um, all right, so we, we live in an area called Port Stephens, which is uh, n- north of Sydney, two and a half hours drive north of Sydney on the east coast of Australia. Now, just so people have a little reference, um, I grew up in South Africa. So I I was there until I was in my early 20s, and then we moved to America, and I lived in the the Rocky Mountains, uh, Denver area, for seven years, and then we've been in Australia for about 11. So I have, in my adult life, lived in three different continents and uh, a few different cities. And for me, uh, for what we enjoy Australia as the place because it's uh, it's got a lot of open space there's it's not as populated as some other areas there's a lot of national parks there's a lot of coastal uh, untouched beaches and it's just a beautiful area and I love to be in the ocean I surf um, almost every day uh, I and I also kite board um, on my on my kite um, and I get out into the ocean that's that's where I play so for me, when we actually looked at moving to Australia, and we came on a, a skilled migration visa, so we managed to get in on our skills, uh, we looked around Sydney all the way up the East Coast, all the way to Brisbane. And we actually settled in Brisbane when we first got here because my parents had moved there too from South Africa. So we wanted to be close to family. But uh, it ended up that we we didn't like Brisbane as much as we thought we would. It was a little bit too busy for us. We had a, f- a young family at the time, uh, one on the way, 
and uh, and it was really really hot uh, and humid. Even though Brisbane's a beautiful place and I, I do love it, it, just for us at the time wasn't quite right. So we we moved south, we drove south, and I uh, wanted to get my photography career going at the time. So I was photographing surfing contests, um, Quicksilver Pro, and and those type of contests, and and we were sending the images out to the media. So where we live now is uh, is Port Stephens, is north of Sydney. So if anyone's coming to Australia, I would definitely recommend maybe flying to Sydney and then make your way up to my area, Port Stephens. It's a big bay. It's uh, it's I think two and a half or three times the size of Sydney Harbour. It's got a lot of national park around it. Actually, more national park than uh, than areas where people live. We've also got this very long sand dune system, 34 kilometers of sand dunes, all the way from Newcastle, which is the port, all the way up to our area, uh, Anna Bay, which is where I used to live uh, before, we, we moved, before I sold my business. I've just moved you know, 10 minutes away, so nothing, nothing too major. So we've got this major long sand, sand dune system, which is amazing if you ever want to get sand dune type photos. Uh, there's also some people that live on it in one little area called Tin City. They live in these little tin shacks. And you can get and you can jump onto a four-wheel drive tour and actually uh, explore the sand dunes. And then we've got all these little headlands, uh, you know, part of the Tomaree National Park, which you can go and photograph, uh, you know, all sorts of things, sunrises and sunsets. And the great thing about where I live, it's a peninsula, so it sticks out to sea, is I've got water in every single direction. So I can photograph a sunrise over the water and I can photograph a sunset over the water and they're only a 10-minute drive away from each other. We've also got, you know, beautiful seascapes, uh, you know, lots of rocks and um, we've got dolphins and, and whales that come past in the winter. So I guess the best, best time to come, if you're going to come to Australia, I would say um, around spring or summertime is great. Because, you know, you can get, get to the beach, it's nice and warm, you can go swimming, you can see a lot of uh, the southern part of Australia, because that's, uh, that's really nice and warm. The northern part of Australia is not the best to come to in summer, you know, Cairns and the Great Barrier Reef, because they have uh, stingers in the, in the water, so jellyfish. And, uh, and you can't really swim too much. And it's also the wet season. So if you are planning on going to the Great Barrier Reef and northern Australia, the tropical north, I would come in our winter, which is mm-hmm. the uh, North American, uh, north, northern part of the world's um, summer. Yeah. So June, July, <laughs> August is, is a good time to come if you're going to go north to the Great Barrier Reef, which is really, it's one of the must-see it should be on your bucket list of places to see and photograph, especially if you get if you get an underwater camera housing mm-hmm. and go and dive the Great Barrier Reef. And there's some beautiful waterfalls up uh, up that area. But if you are going to stick to the the, the southern southern part of Australia, which is which is as beautiful, there's some amazing things to see. I would come in spring, summer, and maybe even uh, in into the fall or into um, you know, uh, autumn, but the winter can, well, for me, it can get a little bit chilly and it can get a little bit rainy, but I guess it's nothing compared to Europe. 
uh, yeah, when it gets cold to, here. Compared to Scotland, especially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So lots to see. It's a it's a big uh, country, Australia. It's um, <laughs> you don't realize until you actually start driving around it. You know, we we went on a little caravan trip a couple of years ago with my family, and we spent three months, and we only went a quarter of the way around Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then we did quite a lot of driving. Uh, so it just, just kind of gives you an idea. Also, some place that I've never been to and I really want to go to is um, Uluru or Ayers Rock right in the middle, the, um, the giant monolith uh, rock in the, in the outback. That would, that, that would be a place uh, I would recommend. And then also Western Australia, which I've also never been to, but I'm, I've seen images from there and I've met a lot of people and interviewed quite a few people who have been there. So uh, Perth and northwestern Australia, there's some really cool rock formations and and it's very lightly populated. There's not many people in western Australia. You know, around Perth there are, but you drive a couple of hours out and there's hardly anything, anyone. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, kangaroos and And various animals other, trying to kill you and... <laughs> not too many animals trying to kill you. I mean, not compared to South Africa where I grew up. In. And, and a lot of people say, you know, Australia, there's all these things that can kill you. There's snakes and there's box jellyfish and great white sharks. And really, I mean, the, your chances of getting, you know, attacked by these things are very, very small. I think it's actually like, for instance, a great white shark, which I surf a lot, so I'm always aware that they are out there. And there has been quite a few shark attacks up the East Coast recently. But I think the the chances of getting attacked by a shark is like the same as being trampled by a cow. You know, it's like mm. very, very light. <laughs> so, yeah, so lots to see in Australia. It's a, it's a beautiful place. You know, we moved here for a reason. I'm a very visual person and I could see the uh, how beautiful it was. Actually, the... The, the, one of the big reasons I moved to this area when, when we did move here was just the beauty of it, especially if you can get up in, in a helicopter and actually see it from the, from the air. It's just a beautiful uh, spot to, to come to. Uh, yeah, so many places to see, so little time. Yeah, yeah, and there's also also Tasmania, which is a little island off the south part of uh, Australia, which is also just beautiful on its own. And it's been quite a few years since I've been there, but I loved it because it was cooler and d- different it was a different climate and a different uh, landscape to to the rest of australia and then obviously there's new zealand which is close by too which is just a, an amazing place if you are a travel or landscape photographer new zealand is incredible uh, you know queenstown uh the uh, milford sound you know christchurch you've been, you've like the there. southern islands have you been yeah there? i've been there a couple mm-hmm couple of times yeah and I went, I went there with Jane Barina and we filmed a couple of landscape photography courses there just a beautiful place but it gets cold it does get cold so I wouldn't go in winter <laughs> I would go in uh, you know summer or the you know spring or autumn and you've you've also recently been to Fiji yeah okay. Fiji was fun it's the first time I've been there I've been to quite a few of the uh, of the Pacific Islands. You know, I've been to Vanuatu and I've been to Samoa, uh, but I've never been to Fiji. And, uh, and we were there fil- filming a photography workshop with, uh, with quite a few famous photographers on Mana Island, which is just beautiful, a beautiful island. What I really enjoyed about Fiji was when I had finished working and finished filming this, uh, 
this course that we working on, I had a couple of days to myself and I just kind of explored, just got a, a rental car and just drove around. I didn't have anything booked, no accommodation, no nothing. And, uh, and, and I love that because you just kind of drive around, you find a place that you like and then you find accommodation and you, and you stay there. So I went around the so- southern part of uh, the main island of Fiji. Uh, I think it's called Viti Levu or whatever, the, the big island of Fiji, I mm-hmm. suppose, the main one where you fly into. We flew into Nandi uh, and then I, I went south. So I went uh, the ring road um, south towards uh, Suva and I stayed, I, I guess they call it the, I think they call it the Coral Coast or something like that. And I stayed near a little place called Pacific Harbor. And it was really a beautiful place. You know, the people in Fiji are some of the friendliest people I've ever met in my life. And they, it's a safe place. You can drive around. You can stop, get out. It's not, you know, I don't think the crime is, uh, is high over there. And it's, uh, the landscape is also very beautiful. I went up to a waterfall, uh, photographed the waterfall. And then obviously the water out in the ocean is crystal clear and just beautiful. If you're into diving or surfing, I've, I surfed a couple of the uh, reef reefs on the southern part of the main island. Uh, just a, an incredible place. I, I want to go back to Fiji. I, I met someone there uh, who's, who runs these uh, um, kind of camping and hiking tours and they go into, it's like a, I think they have like a week-long uh, tour where you hike up into the, into the mountains and you and you get to see the real Fiji, you know, where not many tourists go to. And I'd love to go there too. There's, uh, it looks beautiful. I only had a few days to check it out. Like I just checked out the coastal areas really. But I'd love to spend a couple of weeks and actually really check it out and, and, and get get away from from the tourist traps and get into the more rural, unknown areas. Awesome. So, yeah. So I have to thank you because today you... You brought us to, to Greece, Scotland, France, Italy, Australia, Fiji, New Zealand. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we traveled across half of the world with you and uh, <laughs> lots yeah. of re- really good information about, uh, about those destinations. You made people, you will make people want to, to, to start booking flights and going to, to some of those places. <laughs> you, you have Definitely. A, yeah, you and have a way of, get, uh, of explaining your experiences there that really makes people want to to go there. For sure. Th- and thanks for having me on the show. And maybe next time, if you have me back, I'll talk about South Africa where I grew up and yeah. all the really cool spots to see there. Actually, I'll probably be going there next year, so maybe you can join me. Oh, yeah. I would love to, to go back to South Africa. I've been there once myself too, and it's, um, it's a great country. Yeah, I really loved it. So before we before we say goodbye, can you uh, tell us where where people can go and find you online? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess my my main website brentmailphotography.com. If you want to check out, I've got all sorts of uh, blogs that I put up there. Um, also, I'm involved in the Share Inspire Create show. So if you just go to shareinspirecreate.com, you'll see it over there. We've got that's where our community is too. The um, the Sick Lounge, our, our awesome photography community. And then if you are interested in the business of photography, just go to photoprofit.net. 
which will point you to all my podcasts. And, um, and soon I'll have my new eight-week uh, f- you know, business of photography, getting started, how to make your first $5,000 uh, out of your photography. That's soon going to be released. Okay, well, we'll put all the links in the, in the show notes. And if you have a, a few images to, to, to share, we'll, we'll share them too. We'll put them on the blog as well. Awesome. For, for people to, to see those places with their own eyes yeah, through definitely. your camera. <laughs> and, and one thing before we go, if, you know, if uh, those people listening to this are interested in traveling, uh, you know, go, go for it. Go travel wherever you want. But also try and get away from all the touristy things, you know. Um, meet a local person, you know, someone that's maybe not in your resort where you're staying, someone who's, uh, who's staying locally and working, and ask them what they do. Try and immerse yourself in the culture. Try and f- find out more about the local people and how they live. And that, for me, is uh, is probably the essence of traveling is actually immersing yourself in other people's cultures that are different to yours and actually just uh, just testing it out like living like they live if you can because the experience is just amazing you know I mean it's great to see all the tourist things and but if you want a, a richer travel experience I would do that yeah definitely I definitely concur with uh, with this all right so thank you very much again for for being my guest today and I uh, hope to see you soon maybe in Australia South Africa who knows <laughs> awesome okay thanks for having me on the show you're, you're welcome bye bye